0: Welcome to another episode of the Richmond Bigfooty TigerCast. This week we're we're doing the TigerCast with a bit of a twist. We've got an opposition poster on this week, which will be interesting just to get their views and thoughts on all things football and to help add a bit of spice to the the preview of the big game against Essendon. But we'll start with our Richmond guest for this week. He uh, was the fill-in host for a few weeks while I was away and did a stellar job. Rodney Dangerfield, welcome.
1: G'day, Michael. How are you, mate?
0: Good, mate. How are you?
1: Very good, thank you.
0: That's the way. It's a bit different to be doing this on a Sunday night, but we'll we'll make it work. It's good that all the games are done and dusted, and I suppose it's a bit more fresh in our minds. Um, Now, you told me that you had a a bit of a story you wanted to share.
1: Well, I know you love your little uh, fun facts, and I did say last time, a lot of weird shit happens to me, and I couldn't quite think of anything that wasn't too blue to, to say, but one that reminded me was Elton John's wig, actually, because he he messaged me about two years ago because I was going away on a golf trip and he said, oh, how about we catch up for a beer? And I never got his message and he's very lucky that he never because what actually happened on this golf trip was ridiculous. I was uh, having a beer, as you do on a golf trip with your mates and far too many beers and I'd had a bet with a mate, uh, was it over an Essendon game, when they were having when they had that filling side when they were serving their suspension and they beat Melbourne. And I said they'd beat one that day. And he said, there's no way. If they do, I'll I'll buy you drinks for six hours on the golf trip. Anyway, we'd been on the beer all day. And it got to the time when he had to start buying me drinks. And my other mate comes up and says, there's a bloke. Um, he's struggling. He's struggling. Uh, Rodney, he didn't call me Rodney, obviously. But he's, he's struggling and you know, he looked really crook. You know, first day, go and have a look at him. I said, When well, do you want me to do? I'm pissed. And I went and had a look at this bloke and I said, mate, you're on a bit of stride? No, 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 I'm all right, I'm all right, I'm all right. I'm going to call you an ambulance. No, no, no. So, oh, fair enough. So I went back to drinking my free beer on me, mate. It just started the six hours. Your mate comes back. That bloke's gone down. So go over to this bloke and he, he's gone. He's down, out. I'm doing CPR on this bloke because, nah, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm asking for a D-fib and they put the d and I'm working on this spike, I'm sweating bullets. Fair time, I was, he was gone. Fifteen minutes. I was working on him, and I just happened to look up, and it, it was like they were watching a footy game. I just looked up, and there's about fifteen of my mates just standing there, just sipping pots, watching me, embarrassing me. <laughs> <laughs> come on! Come on! And I just thought, Jesus Christ. So anyway, I kept going, and then I heard the ambulance had come. Someone else was there to help me, so I went out to meet the ambulance. And as I was walking out to get the ambulance, my mate grabbed me, the one who owed me the six hours of free piss. And he grabbed me he goes, hey, yeah, what he you go? This is eating into the time. This is part of the time. <laughs> I'm gone. So now I'm laughing. Got a blood dead on the ground, basically. I'm trying not to laugh, meeting the ambulance. They're looking at me like I'm some sort of an idiot. Come back. Anyway, long story short, the poor bugger died. Oh, and, shit. Um, and it was about 50 minutes worth, and I was buggered by the end of it. And I go up to get a drink at the bar, and the barman goes, and, and, and my mate comes up and he goes, No, no, I've got it. I've got it. I owe him. And he goes, Is this the You're the boat that was just working on the fella, right? And I said, Yeah. He goes, No, nah, the beer's free for you for the rest of the evening. My mate's walked away going, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going, oh, Jesus Christ. And then someone got dirty because, you know, it was a pretty ordinary look, and we end up getting kicked out of the place anyway because, all too fast, carrying on. He's got family members there, and he's giving it the yes, yes. While their bloody bloke's dead on the ground. So oh. I never got me free all oh, either way.
0: <laughs> wow, what a so, yeah! It's a few ups and downs all in one go. Jesus,
1: that's that's the sort of mates I have. Great.
0: Well, that's going to be a, a tough one to top. But I'll introduce our Essendon guest, Lunity. Welcome to the show, mate. Thanks for coming on.
2: Yeah, thanks, Michael's. Hey, Rodney, how's it going? Good. How's yourself? Yeah, good.
0: Alright, you had a story for us as well, Lunity. What have you got? Yeah, mine's a bit more um, a bit more positive than that one. <laughs>
2: um, we'll be so I, thought, I thought I should endear myself to the Tigers fans because I don't, I don't know how receptive you lot are to having an opposition poster um, on your podcast generally, but uh, this would have been a few years ago. Um, it was very early January. And I was heading off to, to the beach with some friends for the day. And I was getting picked up and I was running a bit late and I hadn't got any sunscreen. So I had a quick look in the bathroom, looked in the in the cupboard under the sink, saw the word sun, went, yep, good. Grabbed that bottle, took it with me. I uh, got to the beach, started putting on this sunscreen and it came out blue. And I thought, oh, that's weird. Never seen blue sunscreen before. But I just kept going, put it all on, and I sort of noticed a bit later that it wasn't really, like, soaking into the skin that well, and I was a bit confused, but, you know, I just kept going off at it to friends, they didn't want any, so that was fine, uh, and then I had a look at the bottle later, and it turned out that I had picked up sun. I don't know if either of you guys know what that is, but it's like an anti-dandruff shampoo <laughs> um, that I was trying to use as sunscreen, uh and how did and that then turn I out was, for you? Well, I'll tell you my arm hair got pretty clean that day, so <laughs> I was alright, tried to wash it off and it just lathered completely, so um yeah, so that was not my not my smartest day. So just but placed through the bottle. Yeah.
0: In its entirety, I guess, not just half of it.
2: To be fair yeah, well I mean if it has sun in the title, I thought it was a pretty safe bet to, to be sunscreen, did but clearly not. Did you get back? No, no, because because it was um, because it you was making it. like a, a layer on top of the skin, the sun couldn't get into it, so it was fine. At least it,
0: at least it wasn't hair removal like NADS or something. It could have been <laughs> worse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, we'll push on to the roast and toast for this week. Uh, Lunity, I've given you the toast. What have you got for us?
2: Yeah, so I'll just go straight away with an Essendon um, perspective here. Um, I'm going to toast Mark Bagley. I don't know if you guys have watched our last couple of games or seen much from our last two games, but he's been—he was probably probably one of the biggest candidates for dropping after that Carlton game. Um, A lot of the Essendon board wanted his head. Basically, Um, he's just turned 31. We're thinking, why are we playing this guy um, when we could have, you know, some of the kids in? Um, But the last two weeks, he's played forward and absolutely killed it. Uh, yes, last night he kicked three goals. Um, when his career total now is nine goals, so he's absolutely smashing it up forward. He's bringing a lot of pressure, um, which has sorely been missed.
0: Yeah, I saw the last part of your game last night. He was he was he was pretty good, and the conditions obviously weren't the greatest uh, for that yeah. game. But he did he did pretty well, all things considered. Yeah. Okay, Rodney, you've got the roast.
1: My roast is the Adelaide Crows. Injuries aside, they are insipid at the moment. I I just can't believe it. To have been the best team all year last year, which they were, but they weren't the best team when it counted, obviously. But I just thought, you know, I I would have backed them at the start of the year to win the play this year. I thought, how can you, you? You have to bounce back from that. I know they've had a lot of injuries but they just have a lack of genuine leadership, which mostly last. Take has been named what he was named. What was the captain of the best captain in the competition for a couple of years there? Yeah. yeah. And I honestly think they're a chance to miss the eight, and in my view, it's expensive and expensive. Yeah, I think North Melbourne they're going to make it. I would North say
2: North Melbourne,
1: they been fantastic. And uh, yeah, you know, Jake Lever, he must have been there today, laughing his head off because, and that. The Jake lever story is endemic of what Adelaide are. That's their culture, problem that they had. You know, they really thought that this bloke was leaving. I oh, well, you're going to miss out on winning the flag. Well, who's laughing now? Because I reckon Melbourne, at this point, to me, are the flag favourites, I would say. I really rate Melbourne. I think they're a massive chance to take the flag out. I know that Richard Sword was 80-year right in that. And, you know, they even booked a seat for the Premiership Cup on the way home last year, these dags. So... Adelaide, as an Adelaide supporter, you'd be absolutely filthy. They're just, they're going nowhere at the moment, they're going backwards.
0: I haven't gone and checked out the Adelaide board just yet, but I might have some night time reading later on. But they lost by, I'm just having a look on my phone, 91 points. That's an absolute smashing.
2: I mean, they had big losses last year as well, but not not this much. It was that loss to Northampton.
1: There was something about today's loss that was just... You know,
0: yeah, points. Yeah. And I think um, a lot of people sort of fail to remember that from the back half of last season onwards, they really didn't win that many games. Like, they had some pretty bad form, and it just looks like it's carried over. But like you said, Ronnie, they've got some injuries and stuff like that. But you can still apply effort, no matter how many people you've got out. And it, from what I saw today, there was zero effort from anyone on the ground.
1: They gave up today. I was watching a bit of that game, and they gave up. It was horrible to watch. They've slipped a long way.
0: Very interesting. Who have they got coming up then in the next week? Next
2: week they have Giants. Yeah, that's. uh, I mean, in Adelaide helps,
0: but that's
2: yeah. Oh, it is in Adelaide actually.
0: Yeah, Adelaide. Yeah. I mean, Giants have got some. um, good players out as well. So that'd be interesting. Both teams, I mean, really desperately need to win.
1: The thing about the Giants is they've got a lot of good players out, but to me, they're still fighting. They're still they're still digging in deep. They're just not getting the wins. And I think they'll be okay when their players come back. You take those players out of any side and you're in strike. But Adelaide, yeah. it's the opposite. The effort's not there, oh, I wouldn't be surprised the Giants beat them.
0: Weird, because like with the other players getting a go in Adelaide with the injuries they've got, you'd think they'd be fighting hard to keep their spot for when the other players are ready to return, but you're just not really seeing any of that.
1: No, they're paddling at the moment.
0: All right, we'll push on to the review of our games from the weekend. So, Rodney, we'll start with the Tigers. Uh, so, Richmond, 15-15, 105, defeated St Kilda, 12-5, 77, won by 28 points. Um, what did you think of the game?
1: I thought the game was pretty average. Um, obviously, losing two players in the first quarter added to that, but you know, early on in the game, it looked as though we were going to give them a fierce something. But uh, you know, I don't want to take anything away from the Saints, but I just think our last three weeks have been a little bit average. Um, but I'll give Richmond credit. The, the game was one on belief and resilience, really, and it's something we never had in the past. It's something we've only picked up in the last twelve to eighteen months. There's no way we've been that game. Years gone by. Very ugly game. But uh a really good win um in the end of the day. I'm not sure that day's gonna take its toll though, because it was a very hard day obviously with the lack of rotations and we're finally getting a little bit of bad luck, injury wise. Not 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 to a great extent like season ending injury. But I'm just wondering how that's gonna play out next week, although I didn't have a test them played and this is quite serious, I'm not joking about this. That shit they played in last night in the smoke, that that will affect them. Uh, I know that's through my work and stuff like that. That that was very ordinary conditions to play in last night. So I
0: missed that. What happened the, there? there? There was a lot of backburning in the area. It
2: was very smoky.
1: Jeez, it was smoky. And yeah, that
2: wasn't was 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 good. Yeah. Probably the game should have been
1: to be quite honest with you, the game probably should have been postponed. That's how bad it was. It
2: did it did clear up. I mean we can talk about this in a bit I guess, but it, it did clear up a little bit. It was sort of mostly bad around halfway. Um but yeah, it was still pretty thick.
1: Yeah, they'll be feeling it. No doubt about that. They'll feel that for the rest of the week.
2: Yeah.
0: That's always like there's been a couple of games. Uh, over the course of the years, where, for whatever reason, they've let off fireworks beforehand. And it's like, that can't be good when that kind of stuff lingers around as well. But to actually have back-burning going on, that's, yeah, that's to be surprising that that wasn't closely monitored.
1: Yeah, yeah it was sick.
0: And what did you make of um, Callum Moore and, Con- uh, and Menadu and Brandon Ellis on, on his return? How did you view their games?
1: I thought Brandon Ellis was an improved effort uh, on... Um... You know, he's obviously gone back to the two, done his penance. Looked very determined yesterday. I thought he played a a pretty reasonable... Callum Moore uh, looked, to be quite honest, a little bit out of his depth. Uh, It's it's a hard role he's playing, though. I think Jacob Townsend has been really undervalued by a lot of the supporters. Obviously not by the club, but I understand why he he had to go back to the twos because he needed to go back and win some ball, get a bit of confidence. But he just does a, an unbelievably selfless job. No other... I, I actually, the in that Lewis brought up Bagley it reminded me a little bit of Sam's last night, the role he's playing. Very difficult role to play. And Callum Moore sort of got thrown into that role, in the, if you know what I mean. And I, I think it's a pretty tough role to, to play. It is.
0: I, I felt bad for Callum Moore because he's come into the side as the second forward to play that Townsend role. And within 10 minutes, he's the key forward for the game. Um, yeah. So I think all things considered, i watched him a bit more closely after that, just to see how he adapted. And he was doing he was doing all right. He was getting to the contest, crashing packs. Um, his leading up outside the 50 was good. We used him a few times. Uh, I know he kicked three points, but the places he was taking his shots from weren't exactly easy. But I think all things considered, he did okay. But, yeah, a lot of pressure was thrown on him. So it'll be interesting to see if Rewalt gets up this week or not uh, and and how we kind of structure up for that. Menager, I thought, was a little bit lackluster. I don't know whether he was just extremely nervous, but he had a bit of the fumbles. But the guy I want to give a bit of a clip to is Dan Butler. I know he kicked three goals, but that would be the worst three-goal game you'll ever see in your life, I reckon.
1: Well, he and I'm a little bit worried because I think he... Jason are both in horrible form. Castagna's you know, got his supporters on the board, and I know he has his, his positive attributes, but he is just going as well. And I know he's injured yesterday, but he's no walk-up start back into the side for me. And I think Jack Higgins has got a fair way to go too. Yeah. He's four um, decisions, and he's got some, some real skill issues. So those small forwards, uh, they're not clicking the way they were last year. And that's, but the work rate isn't quite as high, we're not getting the separation in the forward line that we did last year and I think that's been uh, shown up with our entry, we're entering the ball from a lot deeper if you've noticed, we're kicking the ball in from about 80 metres instead of the train of handballs to 50 and working it in from there and I can see Hurley and Goddard taking 30 marks deep next week to be quite honest, if that doesn't change
0: Yeah, if we keep going down that path, absolutely and Lunity, the Essendon Bombers got up by 35 points. Was that, was that an unexpected margin, or were you guys confident going into the game? How did you see that all unfold?
2: Um, I thought we could win. Um, I wasn't wasn't particularly confident because I've been, you know, bitten a fair bit this this season with that. Um, I was just mostly looking for a consistent effort after the game against Geelong, and they certainly brought that and, and more. Um, So 35 points was definitely a pleasant surprise.
0: And how do you think the guys have adapted without Joe Danaher down there? He's obviously been your focal point for quite a few years now, but without him being there, has it improved the way you've brought the ball inside 50 being a bit more unpredictable? Yeah, I think so.
2: I think it helps that McKernan has actually played quite well in Danaher's absence as well. Um, And it's sort of when we're not just you know, bombing it to Joe. Um was a tactic that was a favorite of the team for a long time. Uh now that we can't do that we have to actually be a bit smarter with our um entries inside fifty. So um I think it has been a bit better. Hopefully once Joe gets back, we'll continue to do that and just have you know, have him be there because he no doubt he's still a better player than McKernan is. Um once he gets over the the um op that
0: he has yeah fair enough did you catch any of there game rodney
1: yeah i did i was, I was flicking uh, i mainly watch the essendon gws game and they're pretty impressive um it was the, I'm, I'm not sure i posted on the board i speak i'm pretty sure i posted on the board but essendon's form when they were going very ordinary two or three weeks ago was never going to be a long-term thing i made the finals last year it's uh, everyone every one team goes through those peaks and troughs and um, they're always gonna start to pick up and <laughs> we're gonna meet them probably when they're on the up and we're on the on the way a little bit down. So it, it, pretty, it changes pretty quickly. And uh, I was I've been pretty impressed with their their work rate. They've, they've changed the way they're played and learned to a degree of that. Yep. The whole thing's changed when Danaher's out of the side and Hurley now out of the side. That's um that's some pretty significant changes. And just like us last year, by necessity, we've had to change the way we played. And look what happened. And, this and then, who knows? They might be going through the same sort of thing.
2: Well, the frustrating thing, so just the first eight weeks or whatever of the season, we were not playing anything like we played last year. Last year, we were all about um, just quick ball movement, moving, moving through the, the ground quite fast. Um, and this year, it just for whatever reason, it just slowed down incredibly. We'd always look for a switch when it wasn't necessarily on. You'd have Early and Goddard just chipping around in the back line, just inviting pressure basically. Um, but the last two weeks, that hasn't been the case. It's all, all been um, massive pressure, lots of, um, lots of fast movement. And I think having Fantasia back, um, he's probably our most important player because not only is he like a, an X-factor around the goals, he is just adds so much run and he's a very clever player. Well,
1: Zaharakis is an excellent player. of Good
0: player. Yeah. I think it cut out there. Was that for Zaharakis, was that, it? Yeah, Zaharakis. Yeah. A very good player. I yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah. And even our young Andy McGrath. He's a very likely type as well. I like the way he goes about it. Yeah, yeah. I just want to duck back to our game quickly. I'm not sure if you. I'm sure you've seen this um, specific incident, Looney, but the the goal review system yeah. is just a, a disgrace. Now I'll admit that when they showed the replay on the scoreboard at the game after Higgins kicked that goal and Hickey marked it over the line, the replay on the scoreboard. I said straight away that they're going to pay that at behind because it did look like it was in line with the padding of the goalpost, which is ridiculous. But then, upon sort of getting home and seeing the little images floating around on social media, the reverse angle of that clearly showed the ball was way over the line when he marked it. Now, I don't know if they had access to that footage or not, but how do they get that so wrong, Rodney?
1: <laughs> it's you said it already, it's, and Damien Harvey said it's an embarrassment, and more coaches, more prominent figures in the game need to come out and really belittle it in that way, because it's exactly what it is. I'm thinking of this with our game. Our fixture's embarrassing. Now, this is embarrassing. And you see the world game football, Um I'm not 100% across the board, but I know in the EPL they've just dispensed with this. This doesn't work. You've seen the, uh, the A-League, the grand final. What a
2: Yeah, joke. that was a shocker.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So what, if I have something, if you can't do it 100% right, every ground, well, I played in Alice Springs today, as Dima alluded to, Every ground has different camera angles, different setups, different technology. Just just get rid of it. It doesn't work. It slows the game down. There's more controversial decisions than not. For 100 odd years, we just played the game. It's a bit like cricket. Don't get me started on that. We played the game where the umpire's decision it was final. You won some, you lost some. Just move on with the game. Get rid of it. It shits me.
0: Did you see the yep. incident, Looney?
2: I did, yeah. Um, I can't remember, the, was it originally called a goal?
0: Yeah, so the umpire's call was a goal, and he wanted yeah. to double-check if it was touched.
2: You can't You can't overturn that based on that um, the footage. I mean, yeah, like you said, and I think the commentators even said it as well, they weren't sure whether the reviewers got that second angle, but surely surely you would have to have looked at both.
0: Because how bad well, would that you... be if, if the viewers at home get a better view of it than the guy making the decision? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah.
1: Well, last night, Lunady, you would have seen in the Essendon game, and this is where the umpires were idiots as well, the goal umpire called for a, goal, a score review on one that went about 20 metres over the post. Yeah. Over the post. Now, no technology is going to tell you whether the ball's gone over the post. Yeah. It's not a thing exactly right. Going up over the post. It was all, I think it was pretty much laughed off by the review panel and play on. Like, yeah up to them to show some common sense as well and what got just
2: uh, yeah it's the sort of the problem and I know this this has been an argument against like DRS and stuff in cricket is that it sort of becomes instead of being a um, something to get rid of the howlers it becomes something that umpires become reliant on exactly so they lose their sort of critical thinking and they just go okay well we can just review it exactly right so they lose a bit of sharpness I think with that
0: yeah, like you said though, Rodney, I think if they're going to do it, do it properly. Invest the, you know, five hundred thousand dollars or whatever that looks like to actually do it properly, like what the cricket have done. Don't half-ass it because it's going to cost someone a really significant game one day. Um, it's yeah, I I couldn't believe seeing that footage. And I think you're right. The more people or the more that coaches and that start calling them out on it, hopefully it sends a strong enough message that they've got to either fix it or just scrap it all together. Yep. But I'm sure we'll be having this conversation again in two or three weeks' time. Or another team will be, at the very least. It's not just obviously isolated to Richmond; it happens in all games, but yeah, they've got to get their shit together. Uh, we'll push on but to... Want... Oh, go
1: on. Well, sorry, just wait until it happens in one of our Grand Finals. happening in the A-League. It's going to happen.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Like that A-League one, the footage was there. It was easy enough to tell, but some glitches wouldn't let them access it. That's. I mean, that's even yeah.
1: worse. Ridiculous. Embarrassing.
0: And in that situation, I think I said it on a podcast at the time, but they would have honestly been better off not saying that that actually happened.
1: Yeah, not.
0: Given it was a 1-0 game, it's not like Melbourne Victory went on to win 5-0 or something and it was beyond doubt that it was that one goal that cost um, Newcastle a chance to get back into the game. So that was, yeah, very dangerous. But yeah, we'll have the same thing happen one day, without doubt. Uh, Marvel Stadium is going to be the new name of Etihad Stadium as of the 1st of September 2018 Lunity what do you reckon about the, the new naming of the stadium
2: I think it's fine I think there's no, no issues with it for me um, I, don't, I don't think stadium names like sponsored stadium names really matter unless it's awful like uh, Goomba Stadium in Geelong um, <laughs> that's that's <laughs> terrible um, but Marvel Stadium, you know, sounds fine. Doesn't sound any worse than Etihad Stadium to me. And as long as, it, if it's bringing in money to the AFL, then whatever.
0: What about the, I suppose, the other concept of having a lot of activations and things going on outside the ground that are Marvel-related? Uh, do you think that's going to have a positive or a negative effect on any all the people coming in?
2: I think, I think it would be probably positive more than anything. I mean, you're going to get... You know, kids are going to be excited to go to the footy. Um, you probably create a bit more of a family atmosphere. It probably would work well on sort of the, you know, Sunday afternoon sort of time slot. Um, you know, get all the family along. And isn't isn't there something at Eddie Head on Sundays anyway? Um, something special for kids or something?
0: Um, I don't know. I know they I get know. in for free or for Family day or, or something. something.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think I think it would be fine. Good.
0: No, I'm with you on that. I think it'll be good for the kids. I think I've made a post on this, but as long as the Marvel Entertainment side of things doesn't overshadow the game itself once you're inside the yeah. stadium, I think that's the the real key issue. They can't make it all about Marvel once the game's on. It's it's still a footy game that everyone's going to see. But prior yeah. to that, I can go your hardest. I, I think kids are going to love it, and even older kids and adults as well, because everyone's seen the Marvel stuff at some point in their lives, I'm pretty sure. So I think it should be good. Well, be Rodney, you, do you like the the change?
1: Yeah, I'm not, I mean, obviously, I'm not that really across. I haven't read comics for about 40 years. But uh, I did mention it to my daughter, who's 13, and her eyes lit up. She does like you under the footy for me, but she, obviously, that that's the only thing I can go off. She thought it was, oh, wow, Marvel. Exactly what you're saying. There's going to be things involved, Marvel, uh, around the ground and you know, to do with the game, she thought that was a great idea, so, yeah, I can't see it hurting if it's going to uh, get kids more interested as well.
0: Yeah, it was definitely a smart call by the AFL to latch on to it. The only thing that's of real interest to me is the the takeover time, I guess, being the 1st of September, so if there's a yeah, final there play that Eddie had as it currently stands, it'll be straight into Marvel. I thought that was interesting timing.
2: Yeah, I don't know, it's I wonder whether that is just just happened to be when Eddie Hadd's deal was running out, or, or what the, the thing is there.
0: Maybe they've gone for maximum exposure in a final series potentially for yeah, true. the launch. It would be interesting to know the yeah the actual cutoff point of the contract, if because uh, I'd be surprised if they would if someone would deliberately end their contract yeah. in the middle of a, oh, the start of a final series, given that's when they're probably going to make the most money.
2: Yeah. Know, did you go see any of the reaction on the main board?
0: Uh, I read the first couple of pages and I stopped because it was just people going apeshit and shit canning the name of it. And then oh, there was a few people's so... voices of reason saying, yeah, it's just the name. Like, it's no different to, yeah, you know, like if Optus have paid money for the Perth Stadium or whatever it might be. And, yeah, I, I couldn't understand the uproar on the main board. I tried to avoid it.
2: I saw one comment that was something like, oh, I can't believe that the AFL has finally sold out. I was thinking, what do you mean? What's Etihad? Etihad is a UAE-based airline company. Was that not selling out when they do that, or what? Got to pay for something. Yeah, exactly. I don't, I don't get the the logic with some people, but then again, it's the main board, so
1: going to say the same thing. We're talking about the main board, so <laughs> yeah, you get logic out the door.
0: No, I think it's a good move. I think it'll it'll kick off really nicely. I thought we will move on and do a bit of a a club self-appraisal, given we're almost at the halfway point of the year. Lunity, I'll start with you first. Is Essendon living up to your pre-season expectations? If not, what needs to change?
2: Uh, The last two weeks, yes. Before that, definitely not. Um, Coming into this season, I sort of expected us to be, you know, maybe around the fifth, sixth sort of level, Um, given we finished seventh last season. Seventh, I think, maybe eighth, but... Finishing the top eight last season, we brought in three players who were slotted into our um, best 22 straight up, straight away. Um, I thought, you know, we should be at least in the hunt for the top four. Um, but it just has not gone that way at all. Um, and what needed to change is just apparently sacking Mark Neal um, helped. And just a, a complete change of focus. We sort of lost the style we were playing last year, like I mentioned before. And it sort of just seemed like no one really knew what, what the game plan was. Whereas now, the, these last two weeks, we've you know, started bringing some pressure back. We've started playing like we played last year. So hopefully, I mean, it's still a long way away. Hopefully we can get a good run, but we're going to have to win some like games against very tough teams, such as like against Richmond this weekend, to even be a chance of making the eight at this point.
0: Just on the Mark Neal thing, I mean, Richard people are probably qualified to speak about this because we've sacked a lot of coaches in our time. But how much of an impact honestly could that have had? Being he was an assistant, it just seemed really odd that the moment you got rid of him that all of a sudden everything's clicked and you've won two games in good fashion.
2: I'm not sure. There were a lot of a lot of talk going around. I don't know if you guys read the articles at all. Yeah. Um Saying that basically none of the assistants were able to talk directly to Worsfold or to directly to the players, uh, and that that, that Neil had to be across everything and know everything, um, and it was sort of causing a bit of discontent between all the assistant coaches as well, because um, they would obviously, understandably, would have been frustrated if they can't go to the coach or go to the players and say, "Look, we're not doing this right, or we need to change this," um, and if Neil is the, the you know the stumbling block there, the reason that that's not happening, then I mean, the results are starting to speak for themselves, it looks like. So I don't know. I don't know how big an influence that was, but something has clearly changed um, in, in sort of a mindset sense, and the team is performing a lot better.
1: Whether he's made a scapegoat or not, it did read that way, didn't it? Like he's a real roadblock. He was meant to be the conduit, and the line coaches are going through him. And then he was putting his own interpretation onto that, and then passing that on to John Worsfold, and that was frustrating the line coaches who had no direct contact through.
0: Yeah,
1: oh, exactly. I read That's that. A, I thought that seems like an odd setup. Oh, oh, yeah. I wondered if that could that he's got a he got a terrific coaching record in the AFL, Mark Neal, hasn't he? Almost <laughs> unhorrible at local level now.
2: It's so it's so bizarre because we brought him in as a development coach, which is which was why he was so highly rated at Collingwood. Um, and he was doing a great job for the year or two that he was doing that, and then for whatever reason he became the game day performance or game day strategy um, coach, and uh, then our game day performances just went off a cliff. Yeah, I'm sure. I don't know it'll... why we didn't just keep him where he where he has proven to be doing a good job, but yeah, who knows.
1: It looks great for him, the results since that, doesn't it? Poor bugger. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> it's just not going to be good at all.
2: Right?
0: Mm. Um, and Rodney, ex- what, what about the Tigers? How do you think we're living up to your pre-season expectations?
1: That's a funny one, Michaels. I, I think they've exceeded expect, my expectations, to be quite honest. I, I think the first five, six weeks, we played just incredibly Well, like it was amazing um, to watch us. It was just like a fairy tale continuing on from last year. You'd appreciate, but our level has been so high (laughs) that it had to get to a point where it had to plateau, and that's happening now. But we're still getting wins. So whilst we've exceeded expectations, I think we've now hit a bit of a point where what worked last year isn't necessarily going to keep working. I think we've seen that the last few weeks and there's some. There's going to have to be some changes made. So while we're 8-2 and, and, you know, you read our board and you get the, some unbelievably one-eyed people, they think we're flying and we're going to smash everyone. But I don't really see it that way. I think the next part of the season to be the real test for us and we're going to have to make some real changes in our forward set up the way we enter the ball into the 50s. Completely different, but very nice to be eight and two. And of course, we've had a very favourable draw. Like it or not, people can ignore it, but it's. I find it amazing that we played two teams that made the eight last year and we lost them both. We can't run away from that. Third team we're going to play is Essendon this week. So it's uh, a funny one. I think we're playing. Um, we're a better team than we were this time last year, but whether we can be a better team in the back half than we were last year is another thing.
0: Yeah, I'm not like yeah, we're playing well obviously, and we're in a good position, but I at the last few weeks I'm not completely sold on our game style and where it's going. I I don't know whether we've been worked out or whether not everyone who's coming in is buying into what we're trying to do so it falls apart, but we just haven't been at that same level. I know we're going to have ups and downs and we only have to, you know, try and get through and perform towards the end of the year, I get that, but it just worries me when we had that much dominating possession in the first quarter and a half against St Kilda, but had nothing to show for it. And it's just like, it, yeah. I just feel like bad habits are starting to creep in. They're starting to sort of show off a bit too much. It's just getting really frustrating and annoying.
1: Well, then, they're then. not lowering their eyes. Sorry, They're not lowering their so, eyes. They're not falling forward. Last year, the chain of handballs would move pretty much to 55, 60 metres out. So you're in range and it was a lot more open. And your, your town's ends and the like, bought us a lot of separation because he done just such a selfless job taking his man out of the plate. But that's sort of been worked out by other teams. They've set up differently. And our guys are quite naively just kicking it in from 80 metres now to Jack Rewalt and a bunch of smalls with about 35 blokes down there from the opposition. And I'm, I'll guarantee you, if we do that this week, I'll almost say we'll lose. Because Hurley and Goddard will have an absolute picnic.
2: Hurley may not be in, but oh well.
1: He's
0: still got a hooker. (laughs) A hooker will be
2: the one. Yeah,
1: yeah. It's 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 a worry. It's not a massive worry because we're still great pressure team, and we get a hell of a lot. Like you said, Michael, we get so many opportunities to to go forward. But last year, our our entries in that last. Let's be honest. I think we've won nineteen out of twenty-two or something. So we can't complain. It's a lot different as you said, it's a lot different look the way that we're entering the ball into fifty. And just keeps coming out.
0: Yeah.
2: I think it's not too bad a time to have a flat patch though. Because we are like oh, sort of getting to the buy round. So I don't know, with with the sort of manic pressure that Richmond plays, it's gotta be tiring. Right. So right. I think the buy round is probably coming at a good time for Richmond if to that's the case. And I think the bombing in from eighty is probably just a bit of that seeping through as well, a bit of a bit of laziness, um, creeping in.
0: We're just lucky that our, despite the attacking part of it falling down, that our back line's still staying pretty strong. Uh, I think last week we noticed how much we missed Grimes. I thought if he had have played, uh, Gresham wouldn't have kicked six goals, and how he kicked six goals is beyond me. He's a good player, but Jesus, he's not a six-goal player. Um yeah. So we, I think we kind of miss Grimesy a bit, but yeah, we're just, I'm just thankful that our back six has been pretty sturdy because they're pretty stingy. Because if they weren't, we would have dropped a lot more games. And I know I sat there watching that St Kilda game, and I think a lot of us would have thought the same thing that it's, if this was against anyone remotely decent, and I, I, I can't really say no, don't no disrespect to St Kilda because it is a pretty harsh comment, but anyone of any decent calibre side would have had us you know, 10 goals behind pretty quickly with how much we were sort of butchering the ball and we gave them plenty of chances.
1: When they hit the front, we were gone. When they went, you know, two goals ahead, we were absolutely gone. So you're right, it was lucky we were playing to Kilda.
0: Yeah, and I, I know we had the two plays out early on and that doesn't help with your rotations. But uh, yeah, just we're just missing easy shots and we say it every week, but back kicking is bad football and it's going to cost us a big game soon. I think that's a
2: league-wide trend, though, as well. Goal kicking has been quite average, I think, this year.
0: Yeah, a lot of that
1: comes down to the the, the how hard the players are working now.
2: Yeah,
1: it's true. I'm bad. I don't play football these days. I've been dug at Bedington. The the amount of running they do, up back, up back. By the time they have a set, even a set shot, they're stuffed. Yeah, and that's what I put it down to.
0: Absolutely. I will right, we'll push on to the preview of this week's big game, Dreamtime at the G versus Essendon. Uh, huge match with you know both clubs in in winning form. It Should draw a pretty pretty big crowd there, I reckon, with Essendon's home game. Uh, Lunity, what are you thinking of this game? How do you see it all panning out?
2: Yeah, I think it should. I think it's it should be a good game, really. Um, a few weeks ago, I would have been dreading this because I could have seen a you know hundred point pasting coming our way, but. Um these last two weeks have really really got some optimism. I still can't bring myself to say that we'll win any game really. Um, but if we if we keep it within sort of like a few goals and as long as we're competitive throughout, I'd be pretty pretty happy with it.
0: I think you're yeah, more than a good chance with like, I know we've come off a win, but yeah, we're far from convincing at the moment, and Jack Rewok could be out. Um you might get Hurley back in. So yeah, it's gonna be really interesting to see how it plays out. Rodney, what do you the reckon the players are gonna do?
1: Well, I'm a bit like you. I'm a little bit worried. I, I mentioned the four peaks and troughs. And that's what I think that the competition's a lot more even than your one eyed supporter will have you believe. Right across the board. And that's right through. You, know, if you look at Geelong and Carlton last night. At Geelong, it's a very, very even competition, and if you're the difference is, you know, rich people say Richmond, thump Brisbane, and thump Frio, but we were at the very top of our form then, and now are a little bit below, and that's where the big gaps come. But as soon as Richmond start to, you know, trend downwards towards the median, and the other sides come up a bit, there's nothing between. And at the moment, Essendon are on the up, Richmond are on the down. Where does that bring us? Brings us to a pretty close match, I reckon. And um, yeah, I, I think we're right for the picking. To be quite frank, um, I think we're obviously the we should be the better team, but you wouldn't underestimate us at the moment. They've found some form; we're out of form. I think it makes it pretty close.
0: Yeah, absolutely. There should be some good matchups as well happening. Um, I know. I haven't been Stringer's biggest fan um, from a midfield perspective only. As a forward, I think he's been a good pickup for you guys, Loons. How have you seen his form as a forward as opposed to a midfielder?
2: Oh, fantastic. He's so clearly a forward. Um, And I just hope that the midfield experiment is done. Just sit him, park him in the square if we need to. Um, Last night, he was fantastic. Uh, Geelong, he was fantastic. It's just where he needs to be. Um... And if the rest of the team is up and about, he's, he gets up and about as well. Like, last night he missed a few shots that he probably, if he, you know, sometimes he would probably kick. Um, so he could have end up with probably five or six last night. Um, and it's just, it, it's so much better than having him through the midfield.
0: Yeah, that was a, an experiment gone wrong. That I, I reckon that was a big factor to your uh, poor form early on. He's not a midfielder at all. Um, he just doesn't have that work rate to do it. But as a forward, his goal centre is pretty good. So, Rodney, I'm hoping we get Dylan Grimes back in because I reckon he might be the one to keep an eye on Stringer.
1: I was just going to say, he is the absolute perfect matchup for Stringer. To me, Dylan Grimes is the best defender. Well, it's hard to say when you get Alex Wance in your side, but I think he's the best defender in the AFL. He just he just beats moles, talls, the Stringer types. And I think just getting back to what you said about Spring, I think you're right. He's Essendon's Josh Caddy. He's got to play that 80% forward, 20% middle, big beast, you know, skillful. Mm. Once he finds the right, and which he, it appears to be, he's going to be very, very dangerous. But I'm so thankful that we do have a deal on Grimes, but as you said, whether he plays, and I think that's a massive, it's going to be a massive thing for me. If Grimes plays, I'll feel pretty, pretty comfortable. Grimes doesn't play then, uh, yeah, panic stations will set in a little bit.
0: Yeah, I agree. And, uh, Rodney, what about Nick Vloston? We saw last week he swung down forward and kicked three goals, which was pretty crucial for us. I know we tried him in that spot early on uh, as more of a permanent fixture, and it wasn't really working out for us. Where do you think we're going to be best to use him on the weekend if Jack doesn't come up?
1: Yeah, well, if Jack doesn't come up, it's going to be really interesting. I think Vlaston's your quintessential swing man. In a footy team, he, he can do everything. So, obviously, very good back. He will play forward a lot if back's not there because he's such an intelligent player. But I just wonder where they go. I don't think you can have Callum Moore play the lone role again. Whether or not a Townsend coming back is going to chop Callum Moore out, I don't really know if that would work. But I don't really know where else we go. With the one? You the... read these types, but. Uh
0: experience. The one move I thought we may be able to try, just simply because Essendon don't have Joe Danaher in, is potentially bringing in Garthwaite to play down back and throw Asprey up forward. Yeah, he's on. big, he can mark I'm the ball. Um, yeah, I mean, what other tall fours do you guys have at the moment, Loons, that might stretch us, or is it?
2: We only really are playing sort of two. So we've got McKernan, who's not that tall, he's about 191 or something. Um, and Stewart. Um, so that, that's really all we're, we're operating with up forward. And then Stringer, who's sort of somewhere in the middle, and laverti who I think is also about 190, but he can he's sort of more mid-sized as well in the way he plays.
0: So it kind of makes it a, a possibility then that we don't have to deal with sort of three like massive players, I guess, that Rance could play on one of them, Garthplay could play on one, and Broad plays a little bit taller if Grimes come in. So maybe that's an option if Jack doesn't get up.
1: Well, and if you're on a coaching like, tactical point of view, if you're Essendon, if Jack doesn't play, you play hooker back? you throw him back up forward? So there's a lot no, of... We,
2: there's Rich a lot Adam, of... Hey? He's, been, he's been way too good back I know, in defence.
1: That um, might be six small, and then what happens? But the, but the thing good? is,
2: though, if... if I mean, if you're, you've got this trend that you're talking about of where Richmond are just bombing it in... Well, they even they yeah, if Hooker is if there, he'll just eat that up all day. Um, well, he would. He would. And if he, doesn't, if he doesn't have a direct opponent, like if there's no toss, he can just roam free um, and play as a loose, then... It might, it might actually be,
1: yeah, bad. play this in a silly way. If Jack doesn't play this he, in that. So it's a really interesting match. With a lot of different... Yeah, it's sort
2: of, it's interesting. Because, I don't know, um, I feel like if Reworld does play then Hurley is almost a perfect match-up for him. And I think he's gone to it most times when Richmond and Essendon have played. But if he doesn't, I don't know whether bringing in Hurley is a good idea. Um, Just because of the fact that Richmond, you know, you guys don't really play talls that much.
0: Could you throw Hurley forward, though? No. (laughs) No, straight back. He
2: used to, (laughs) but he he got injured constantly when he played forwards. And it wasn't until he moved back that he got some consistency in his game, and I, the, purely from a sense of I don't want him to be injured, I would hate to see him go forward. I would rather Hooker go forward
1: than Hurley. That's my role with Asprey too, to be honest, Michael. He was an injury-prone player as a youngster, but when he settled down back, you know, he just gets into his, his rhythm and he knows what he's doing. Forwards a whole different, a whole different game, a whole different range of movements. And I know you have to, you have to do it, but, yeah, I don't know, I just don't, I don't like messing with it, but we, I don't think we can throw Garthwaite more up forward by himself. So, no, it's going to be really
0: interesting. Same with Troll, like Troll's name is thrown around as well, but for every time I've seen him play as a key four, he's looked lost. He's looked at his best playing as a ruckman, so I mean, the only other possible solution is bring in Soldo to ruck and then Curvis plays a lot more forward, which would probably be a benefit to his game time as well, not getting him hammered in the ruck again, but yeah, if um, if Jack doesn't get up, it'll be really really interesting to see what we do at the selection table. By Lynch. <laughs> just get him on loan. Just bring him across. <laughs> 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 is uh, there any other players in line to come back in for you guys, Leeds? Uh, I don't think so. I think if there was a
2: change, it would just be probably um, Hurley in for D. I think um, D has been good, but Hurley is you know one of the premier defenders of the club. Car- you're welcome, the car- by the way. <laughs> yeah, he's so great. I don't
0: know. I see we look we look after you guys. I suppose for, for well, we, we gave average, you
2: we gave you Basher for nothing, so
0: true. No, that, that's, we've done all right out of that one. basher has been a good yeah. one bad out.
2: bad out next week too. By the way, yeah,
0: very yeah. Bad. He, he didn't. Yeah, I mean he's a hard one to replace. He's our link up go to yep. man. But I will say, Jaden Shorts had a pretty good year so far, so I think he may step up into that role. He's pretty good by foot as well. Um, yep. Any other changes you think happening for us, Rodney?
1: Um, I think, <clears throat> I'm interested in Sean Higgins. I think he's just, you know, he's I'm, I'm not super convinced with him, to be quite honest. I mean, he's, it's a long way to go. He's only a kid, but he's just got a few, a, a fair bit of uh, improvement to make on his game. But I'm not real big on Castagna just coming straight back in, because I think he's been be quite frank, very ordinary. But for a big game like this, I think he may come in. And I know Corey Ellis played a very, very good game uh, yesterday, but I don't think there's a spot there for him just yet. He's just going to have to keep banging the door down. I'd like so to see
0: Stengel come in as a small forward. Well, he wasn't even
1: bloody in named emergency last week. Apparently he, blocked, he brained it again yesterday. I'd like to see him in two. That would be the one. For Higgins? Stengel for Higgins, yeah.
0: Yeah, agree. And I'm, I don't know. He's Higgins will get there, but I don't know why we don't just let him learn his craft in the VFL. Like we we we're not at a point that we have to play him out of necessity. We do have other options, and I just don't know why we're not using them at the moment. It's a bit, a yeah. bit odd. But yeah. right, before we finish up, we'll get a prediction from you both on the game, Rodney. I'll start with you. What? How do you think it's going to go, including margin? Um,
1: I think it'll be a a pretty. A pretty fast, frenetic game through the middle with a lot of really quick ball movement by hand, both teams. Um, it'd be a great game to watch, I think. Uh, margin, I'm, I'm more hopeful than anything, but I think Richmond maybe by about 11 points.
0: Sounds good. And Lunady?
2: I was going to say probably the exact same thing. Richmond by you know, around two goals, I'd say.
0: You don't have to be polite just because you're on a Richmond podcast. <laughs> no, you can back your own team. I things, can't
2: do right. it. I can't <laughs> do it. I just more. you don't I've want to jinx it at any time. <laughs>
0: yeah, <laughs> we, we understand. We know that Wait. feeling.
2: <laughs> when you lose, when you lose to a winless Carlton, it'll it'll do things to you. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I still feel that way now about games. Um, yeah, I, I sort of agree with you, Rodney. If if we were to win, it's not going to be by a lot. It's going to be a lot closer than people think. And hopefully, it is a good game. So I'll say, yeah, Tigers by between 11 and 15 points, but it could quite easily be Essendon by the same margin. It just depends on. How accountable we are, and and how much space we give their midfielders and forwards to move. So, we're very interesting. Just a reminder: yep. the game is on Saturday, the second of June, at the MCG at seven twenty-five PM. Uh, make sure you get to your seats a bit earlier for the pre-game formalities. And it is live on Channel Seven at seven o'clock and Fox Footy at seven twenty PM. Rodney Dangerfield, Lunity, thank you so much for coming on to the show tonight, guys. Really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, Bye.
2: Michael. Thanks, Rodney. Thanks, Mike. I wish
0: you luck, Looney, but I'd be completely lying if if I was (laughs) to say it and mean it. But hopefully it's a good game and no injuries, obviously. Yeah. All right, thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Richmond Tiger Tigercast. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and YouTube so you can follow all the roasts and toasts, the reviews and previews and all topics Richmond. Also keep an ear out for our special episodes of interviews with past players. Go Tigers!